Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today I have a very special guest joining me to talk about the topic. You know, sometimes it's just hard to be a good Christian. Have you ever felt that being a good Christian means you've got to follow a bunch of rules and measure up? If so, you aren't alone. And our guest today, Barb Roos, will show us through her study of Galatians that even the believers in the early church struggled to let go of rule keeping and performance in order to embrace God's free gift of grace. In fact, in his letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul pours out his heart and faith to set them straight, <laughs> addressing so many of the same questions and problems that we still face today, like who has led you to believe that you have to follow rules and measure up? And why do you think you have to be perfect for God? And does God only show up or love you when you actually get it right? Well, if you've ever struggled with these questions or felt trapped by rules or religion, come alongside Barb and I for this exciting discussion. But first, a note from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. And my mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. Yeah, so I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to the podcast. Oh, one other, well, one other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. 
Our guest today, Barb Roos, is a popular speaker and author who is passionate about teaching women to live beautifully strong and courageous in spite of their fears so that they can experience God's great adventure of faith and purpose in their lives. Barb enjoys teaching and encouraging women at conferences and events across the country. She is the author of several Bible studies, including the one we're going to talk about today called Breakthrough, Finding Freedom in Christ. Welcome, Barb. Thank you. I am so glad that I am here. So glad that I get a chance to just have a conversation with you and everyone listening. Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. And after reviewing your Bible study on Galatians, I'm like, I have to have her on because I feel like so many of the topics that you address in this study are just very common things that people tackle as Christians. So I want to kind of set the stage for our listeners. And was there, I know there was a season of your life that even though you were saved, you decided to disconnect from God because of religious rules. So what made you decide to reconnect with God and how did you use all that sort of foundation in preparing this study? Well, that is such a great question, and I I hope that what I share today is a a place of connection for anyone out there who who got saved, who loves Jesus, uh, but then just struggled, just felt the pressure of uh, how how are we supposed to live the Christian life? Are we just supposed to follow rules? And so for me, uh, I got saved when I was eight years old. My mom was my first Bible teacher, and she explained that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I asked Jesus into my heart when I was eight years old, and she taught me Bible stories, me and the other kids at Sunday school. But there was just something inside of my heart, uh, because I was so happy that Jesus died on the cross for me. I thought, well, for me to show my happiness, that means I have to, I should try to be perfect. Like I should try to be the best little good Christian that I could be. And so I created this list of rules that I thought that God wanted me to follow. Like I should always, always be obedient to my parents. I should never act bad. I have to read my Bible a certain number of days a week. I could never miss church. And and so this list of rules in, in, in my little kid head, uh, it, it made sense to me because if God did something for me, then for sure I should do something for him. And as I grew up, especially into my teen years and early adult years, that list, instead of it making me feel like a good Christian, it made me feel weighed down. And in Mm -hmm. fact, it made me feel fear because I was always worried I wasn't doing enough. So by the time I got to college, honey, I was ready to break free from rules (laughs) because everybody around me, they weren't following any rules and they were having a whole lot more fun in life than I was. (laughs) So that's when I purposefully decided one of the stupidest things I've ever done was pray a prayer. And that prayer was God, Please, I really don't want to do anything stupid, but Lord, I want to go have some fun. So please don't help me. Let me not kill myself. And I'm sure I'll be back. That was a legit prayer that I prayed. Wow. It, it was, I mean, I look back now and you know what? God takes care of babies and fools. Sure but does. I had allowed legalism, this idea of my performance 
to obscure my understanding of who God was and that he wanted more for me than from me. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Oh, I can completely rate relate. I kind of had haywire years myself in college. So um, I can, I can empathize with that. Um, But how exciting that, you know, God used it for good, that now you have this amazing study to talk about and teach other people. So let's talk about Galatians. Why do scholars consider Galatians to be one of the most significant books in the New Testament? This is a foundational question because when Jesus walked on the earth, even though he had come to save the world, God had sent him to rescue us from our sin. The the believers, well, actually the Jewish people, uh, they still were under the law, the, the law that God gave Moses. And there was this battle between Jesus saying that I've come to set you free from sin and the religious leader saying, no, you have to follow rules in order to be free from sin. And so Paul wrote the book of Galatians because it is it establishes the importance of the gospel over the law, that grace was greater than the law. Grace didn't invalidate the law. Mm-hmm. But grace was a reflection of the original covenant that God had made to Abraham long before Jesus had come. And that covenant that God made to Abraham was God saying, this is what I'm going to do for you. These are the promises that I'm going to make for you. And this is covered in uh, Genesis chapter 15 or 16. And when God made all those promises to Abraham that were fulfilled in Jesus, the only thing that Abraham was doing was looking at the back of his eyelids while he was asleep. (laughs) And that is a reminder of grace to us that it is about God's promises, not our performance. And that is the theme of the book of Galatians, because there were voices in the Galatian church who wanted the people to believe that it was their performance that made them right with God in ignoring God's promises. And we, yeah, we can tend to kind of fall into that same pattern. Um, All right. So you wrote the Breakthrough Bible Study to celebrate God's amazing grace and his unconditional love especially for Christians who are afraid that they have disappointed God or they feel like they have to earn God's favor or blessing, um, such as you mentioned. I, 
tell us a little bit about the evolution of how you used to struggle with it to how you came to this point of, of recognizing that it is God's amazing grace alone. Oh, this is one of my favorite questions because like, like you heard originally from my, the start of my story, I loved following rules, but it didn't bring freedom. It only created fear in my relationship with God. And so if I go back to my college years, uh, there was a point, because there always is, when I got a chance to run free and do what I wanted to do. And I eventually messed up my life so badly that there wasn't enough that I could do for God to clean my life up. And so it was at the age of 19 years old that I discovered what grace meant for the first time. And that grace was about who God was and his ability to forgive anything that I've done. Now, I wish I could tell you my legalism struggle was over, but it would be many decades later that uh, I recognized that part of my journey to let go of following rules was to become better at recognizing where God was at work in my life. And that this was a game-changing aha moment for me because when I learned how to see where God was at work in my life, then I could stop following rules to try to make myself be a better Christian. Instead, I could recognize where God was at work. I could receive what he was doing instead of trying to do it myself. And then I could respond to it. That's when I began to live as a believer of Christ out of my faith and not out of a fear that led to following rules. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. And I'm sure other people who are listening have, have experienced the same thing where you've gone from this state of kind of rebellion almost to really recognizing, hey, I messed it up. <laughs> I messed up, but God is bigger than that. And he redeems us. And so thank you for sharing that, that personal side of your story. What is the spiritual breakthrough, if you will, I know in your study, you talk about that that kind of can be defined in a number of different ways, but for your readers of the book, you define it a certain way and um, tell us about how our readers will experience uh, diving into this in your study. Well, spiritual breakthrough is one of those terms that it's not necessary. It's not in the Bible. And there are a lot of ways that people define it. However, in, cons in consistency with how Paul is talking about grace, a spiritual breakthrough is it's three elements. And I alluded to them a moment ago. It's when we recognize where God is at work in our life. There's this aha moment that we have. Then we receive it. We go, okay, we see that God is at work and then we respond to it, meaning we cooperate with what he is doing. So breakthrough is recognizing. And in the Bible study, I created six kinds of aha moments. And these were born out of my own life that allowed me to kind of categorize these moments where I went, wait a minute. God is doing something in me. And so instead of me focused on how many days of the week I'm reading my Bible or am I missing church, it were these aha moments. Like, and, I, and they're labeled in the Bible study to help a reader begin to recognize where God is at work. And when I receive it, I see where God is changing my heart 
And I stop putting the emphasis on my own righteousness and I stand and I go, oh God, I see what you're doing and then respond to it. That's sanctification. That's the place where I go, you know what? I can't, but God can, and I'm going to let him. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I can, I can relate to a time where I felt like going to church was just you know, something on the checklist and like, oh, do I have to go? And honestly, before I was truly saved and going through the sanctification process of like, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to hear my pastor like exegesis on, on the scripture, right? I mean, it's just amazing. And so um, I love how you break down the spiritual breakthrough and, and you give your readers an opportunity to kind of figure out what that means for themselves and apply it to their own lives. So, okay. So we hear a lot about having freedom in Christ, but what does that actually mean for a Christian? I had to wrestle through this myself. And so Jesus, Jesus words in Luke chapter four, he was reading from a scroll of Isaiah. And this is just as he's starting from his, his public ministry. And he says that he had come to set the captives free. And when I think about freedom in Christ, there's, there's two elements. And so the first part is that we're free from fear. And the fear can be in all different kinds of ways. There's all kinds of things that we can be afraid of, even though we know we aren't supposed to. And we get all hung up on the fact that we're not supposed to be afraid. We'll get this. We are. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's abandon that we should or shouldn't. But the reality is that we are afraid. But Jesus said he came to set us free. So we're set free from fear. Meaning that when we recognize that the gospel of grace is about God's promises and we ruthlessly commit ourselves to believing in God's promises instead of focusing on what's happening around us, that frees us from the prisons of our pain and our past and our problems. And then when we have freedom from fear, that's what enables us to live fully alive in God's great adventure of joy and purpose for our lives. So in my life, I recognize that when I believed in God's promises for my life, that's when I realized that I didn't have to follow rules anymore. So guess what? I stopped being afraid that I wasn't going to measure up to God. And then I could experience God's great adventure of joy and purpose. And adventure isn't easy. Adventure is hardship and it's challenge but it led to joy and purpose mm. for my life. And so freedom in Christ is living free from fear and fully alive in God's great adventure of joy and purpose for your life. Oh, that's fantastic. And truly the, the hope that we have, um, our eternal hope. So expanding then a little bit on this freedom in Christ topic, what do you consider are your six freedom principles? Well, I created these principles to go along with the major themes in the book of Galatians. And the, I love studying entire books of the Bible uh, because even though the, the books themselves, uh, they are, they're, they're like in this case, Galatians is a letter that Paul wrote for a specific purpose, but we get a chance to see the full arc of Paul's teaching. And I wanted to condense that down to some takeaways 
for a reader to hold on to after she was done with the Bible study. So the very first principle from the book of Galatians that I created was that the gospel is based on God's perfect promises, not our performance. And I've mentioned that. Mm -hmm. The the second principle is that a relationship with God means that we receive from him rather than follow rules from him. So I kind of alluded to that with the spiritual breakthroughs. This is my favorite one. This is number three. Now, this is my favorite. It doesn't have to be anyone else's, but here it is, especially if you've been brought up in the church, especially if you got Christians that get on your nerves, lean in and pay attention to number three. Okay. That your freedom in Christ cannot be shaken or taken away by anyone who chooses not to live like Christ. Amen. Thank you. I was hoping you would say Mm. amen. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the other freedom principles, number four is freedom in Christ, as we just covered, is living free from fear and fully alive with God's, with joy and purpose. And then number five is about the spiritual breakthrough. It's an aha moment when we recognize that God is at work within us, receive what he's doing and respond to it. And then this last principle, uh, this one is precious to me. And I really want women to resonate and hold on to this, that you are God's beautiful, lovable, capable daughter. You are confident in Christ and worthy of God's best. Mm. And so these are the six freedom principles that capture the main themes in the book of Galatians that you can memorize and carry with you long after the Bible study is done. Uh. And such freedom, just such freedom you'll have once you really take the time. And I just want to encourage our listeners that to pick up your book and later we'll give you the link. Um, But this is a study that will make an impact in your life and really give you true freedom, you know, after studying this and um, it gives you more, I says, I guess, education in God's word and how he intends for you to live in freedom. So one of, um, let's see, can you give us some examples of legalism that hold us back from living in this freedom of Christ? Yes, honey, because unfortunately, I was really good at this. So uh, legalism is, it's this idea that we, we follow rules. And so when I was thinking through my life and, and my struggles, it, so real, real quick, um, I grew up in the Black Baptist Church. And uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother and her friends, they used to wear these extremely gorgeous two-piece Sunday suit ensembles, and they had these amazing hats they wore on top of their head. And these hats, they had bows and they had ribbons. And as kids, we used to love watching the women walk in on Sundays because they look so elegant and beautiful. And I was at my grandma's house when she would get ready in the morning. She used to anchor those hat, that hat down to her head with all of the, all of the hairpins in the world. (laughs) because she was hiding a secret under that hat. You see, during church, when the music would start getting good and the women would start clapping and shouting and sometimes jumping, and they did not want those hats to come off of their head Uh, because they didn't do their hair underneath those hats. (laughs) And this highlighted a very important principle before I, so I can answer this question. 
when I grew up, the kind of Christianity that I saw and the kind of Christianity that I lived was this, that it didn't matter what you look like, what you were like on the inside, as long as you look good on the outside. Mm. And so for us as Christians to look good on the outside, legalism looks like three hoops that we jump through. And the Bible study, I call them the to do, the do more, and the do better hoops. The to-do hoop is the hoop where we attempt to gain God's forgiveness or we try to save ourselves. We create a to-do list, like I talked about. The do more hoop, that's why. That's where we go, well, if we do this, then God should do this for us. Like we kind of give ourselves yeah. points when we read our Bible or go to church, we think we stack up points and we should be able to cash them in for God's blessing, amen? Mm-hmm. And then finally, the do better hoop. That's where we we just, if we mess up, Instead of going to God, we say, well, we're going to fix ourselves, God. We're going to do better. And so those are the three legalism hoops of religion that we can jump through when we base our faith on our performance instead of living out of God's promises. Yes. Uh, I think of, uh, you know, the example of the parents trying to get out the door with all their young children. And so like, you're like crazy, like hysteric, uh, grab your shoes, do this, do that. Come on, we're going to be late pushing everybody out the door. And uh, maybe sometimes not necessarily in the, in the best way, but, and then all of a sudden you get to church and you're like, good morning. How are you today? Is it right? <laughs> everybody's driving up. They're like, how are you? I'm too blessed to be stressed. And meanwhile, the kids are all in the back seat going, really? Is that what you're going with? And so, yeah, that, and I believe as you've identified and I, there's so many of us, we're not, this conversation about legalism isn't putting anyone down. We want to elevate this conversation because many of us struggle with jumping through those hoops. Mm -hmm. And so today, this is about encouraging you to know that you can live free without feeling like God wants more from you. He wants more for you. And so that's why we're having today's conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Barb, tell us, um, before we wrap up, tell us just a little bit about the format of your study for those that might be interested in doing it. Well, I would love for ladies to check it out. And so this is a six-week in-depth Bible study. If you're familiar with the Beth Moore format, or uh, that is the, that's the type of Bible study that I write. So there's five days of homework over six weeks. And I, uh, my particular kind of thing that God has gifted me to do is to write creative Bible studies. And so I believe in high scholarship and high research. So there's a lot of in-depth theological content, but I also create a lot of application exercises so that you can think, what is it that God wants me to know? And what do I need to know about God? And how do I apply this to my life? And so if you like Bible studies that really require you to creatively interact with God's word, this is a Bible study you'll enjoy. There's also a leader guide and a teaching DVD available because I love it when women gather together as groups. And so all of those materials are available, whether you do the study on your own or if you do it in a group. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I've been in a study now. This is my 19th year of a, of a mom's group that I've been in. And I'm like, I want to be bringing this one to the table because I think everybody would love it. So um, I actually put a link to Barb's Bible study on the Coffee and Bible Time website. So if you go to coffeeandbibletime.com and you go into our shop, you scroll down to the bottom, hit the Amazon link, and you will find Barb's study in our books and Bible study collection. So please go there and check it out. And Barb, one last thing. I want to ask you some fun questions about some of your favorite Bible study tools. So first tell us, what is your favorite Bible and that you like to use for studying? Well, I like to use a wide variety of them, so it's hard to narrow down. Uh, I spent 14 years on staff at my local church as the as the executive director of spiritual growth and development. So I use Bibles all the way across the board of, um, I have an ESV study Bible, I have my regular NLT study Bible, I have my NIV reference Bible, then I have a CS or CEB common Bible just for references. So <laughs> I believe in ordering a menagerie of them. Whenever they go on clearance, I mm. pick up a different one. But uh, if you don't want to do all that, I say download version because that will give you immediate access to all of the different translations. So uversion.com is probably for the big win. Oh, yay. Okay. Well, that was actually one of my other questions, which was what is your favorite website for Bible studies? One. So that's an app. Okay. So tell us about website. your... Tell us about your web, your favorite website for Bible study. That would be BibleHub.com. I have used Bible Hub for many, 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 many years. Uh, Bible Hub not only has all of the different translations, but it already has all of the automatic linkage to um, Strong's, to Thayer's, find it all at BibleHub.com. You can do Lexi, it's got a lexicon, uh, it's got linked out to all kinds of other resources on the internet. So when I'm doing like really deep word study mm -hmm. or when I'm doing a lot of commentary analysis, I will go to BibleHub pretty quickly. Awesome, BibleHub.com, fantastic. And lastly, what are your favorite like, um, markers, highlighters, I don't know, sticky notes or whatever. What do you like to use when you do your quiet time or just journaling or tell us what you like? So I'm not a big marker person or, or sticky notes. However, I, your readers may not be able to see this, especially for audio, but I am a sucker for a beautiful journal. Mm, that, that is, is beautiful. My thing. I love purchasing journals uh, that have all like that are just luxurious looking uh, that are I've been journaling since I was eight years old. Uh, I journal I still journal three to five days a week. There's a journal by my bed. Uh, this is just I I mean, I have a lifetime of journals. Wow. But I love them to be very luxurious looking and beautiful. I'm not going to spend a fortune on them, but I do require that they are absolutely gorgeous. That makes me very happy. Oh, that's fun. That was a really beautiful one. 
Well, Barb, thank you so much for being here today. And it's just been a joy to share this Bible study with our listeners. And I wish you well on your introduction of this study. And for all of you who are listening, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. You can learn more about us and our beautiful prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com.